Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Joshua. Officially welcome you guys and gals to another live broadcast with George Truly. My goal is to help you guys and gals make sense of your life and to help you guys grow spiritually for God's optimum use. So if you're joining me live or on the replay for the very first time, I want to welcome you all out. If you're joining me live and you're part of the Unpluggers community here online, I want to say thank you all so much for uh, rocking with me and and uh, just, just, just being a part. It's an honor to serve you all through... Um, through the gift that God has given me. So I'm going to give you guys and gals an opportunity to post on the side there. But for those who's been listening or watching on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, want to say thank you all so much for watching. Please comment. Please let me know what you're getting from these. And the timestamps of all of my Q&As, if you go to my page, there's a playlist of all the Q&A videos I've done recently. And you can be able to navigate through the comment section below of all the timestamps so you can actually see the answers to those questions. So the timestamps to this uh, 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 content here will be in the comment section below. So feel free to navigate down there to see what questions was asked, and we'll go from there. But let's go to the chat <clears throat> box and see what's going on. Aries, what's going on? Shiro, what's going on? Swaggy D, what's up, fam? Destined for royalty. How you doing, Natasha Renee? Good evening, good evening. Kibu Harris, what's up, what's up? Daughter of the King, hey, Simba Mango. Mwango, my bad, bro. What's up, coach? What's going on? Michelle, what's going on? Uh oh, uh oh, oh, my wife's in the building. What's up, baby? Let's see, let's keep going. Shiro finally made it to the live. I'm glad you're here. Tropical Jewel, thank you for coming. Toko, Tos, Tosca, hey, what's going on? All right, Rodeo, hello, coach. I pray all is well with you and your family. All is well over here. We're doing exceptionally well. Um, I haven't done videos in a while. We had a lot of ministry this week that I had to focus on. Um, but that's why I want to make sure I give you guys some good content today. Super jo Jonesen says, hi, Coach Josh. My question is, how do I get back to building my relationship with God on a consistent basis? I've tried to be consistent in the past, but revert back to my old ways. Um, I, I have this uh, thought process that I put people on is the Coach Josh AAA. Um, you know what AAA stands for is when you're stuck on the side of the road, um, AAA comes alongside to get you back going on your journey. And so the Coach Josh AAA is simple. Assess, adjust, and advance. Anytime you find yourself stuck when it comes to anything, but particularly in your situation, your, your time with God, assess what is interfering. Um, as you grow into maturity, there's going to be uh, uh, new things that you find yourself engaging with that you have to pause and assess to say, okay, what is hindering? What is helping? What is contributing? What is uh, cutting me away from? And assess. And then from your assessments, make the necessary adjustments you need. My light shining real bright. Give me one second. Make the adjustment that you need to make. So that you can advance into a deeper fellowship with the Father. Now, let's get a little bit practical. Let me break down your question point by point. Hey, Coach Josh, my question is, how do I get back to building my relationship with God on a consistent basis? Um, first off, fundamentally, all relationships take work. All relationships, including God, take work. In my marriage, it takes work. It's work that you don't, it's, it's got to be a work you don't mind putting the work into. When you understand your why, you don't mind working. So when your why is greater than the uh, warfare or greater than the work that you have to put in, you will actually put the work in. Now, practically, let's go to the second part. Uh, I've tried to be consistent in the past, but revert back to my old ways. Now, that's where the assessment has to come in. Why do you go back to your old ways? What doors have you left open? What friends are still around? What influences are contributing to you reverting back? When you do that, you will be able to make the adjustments add the accountability, add the systems and strategies to ensure that going forward, those things will become minimized in your life and your ministry to the Father and your relationship with the Father continues to 
grow. Things that I do practically is what I had to do was I had to get rid of things that was consuming my time. I had to realize that God is always in my life. So all I had to do is take the time to just acknowledge him. And as you make the subtle um, new habits, subtle new habits, as in journaling, uh, uh, thinking about at the end of your night, um, journaling all the good things that you noticed God did for you. Um, uh, just kind of do things that kind of helps build joy inside of you. That kind of helps build an awe of God in you. That helps build a, a faith and confidence in Him because you know. I've actually tracked God being in my life and his goodness would draw you to repentance. His goodness would draw you to, to wanting to renew your mind. His goodness will get you back in fellowship with him in a greater way because you're able to track his goodness, uh, track his faithfulness and be able to build a natural joy that comes from uh, um, um, analyzing those different things. And then you will welcome the adjustments and you advance deeper. Listen, the enemy is going to make it very hard for you and, and God to have a thriving relationship with God. A lot of people think they have a relationship with God, but they're not really friends with God. They, they, they're associates of God. They, they, they're not really friends. Being a real friend with God and really going deeper in your relationship on a consistent basis is a threat to the enemy. He doesn't want you to be uh, in, in, a, in a deep fervor, a deep confidence, a deep faith, a deep uh, uh, action of on behalf of your assignment. Therefore, he's going to send distractions, send people, send things to consume your time and birth condemnation when you feel like you are not doing your part. God is not going to make you feel condemned because you're not doing your part. He's going to give you the tools and a, and a constructive critique to help you get back on your feet and follow him deeply in your relationship with him. So assess Make the adjustments and advance. Adjustments includes accountability. Adjustment includes new systems. And that one activity that I gave you will help you by simply just tracking the track record of God, uh, 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 um, documenting his faithfulness. And then that will birth a different joy. But know this, when you find it the hardest to pray, the hardest to worship, the hardest to do anything, that's when you go your hardest because now you recognize that this warfare is trying to keep you from something and everything you need is in God. And the enemy is going to try to keep you from that. Great question. Hope that helped. Next question. Let me scroll back up. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh oh. All right. Aries says, How do you how do you know when something in your life is God's timing versus his will? You got to clarify that for me, Aries. How do you know when it's something in your life is God's timing versus his will? If I'm guessing, I'm thinking you're saying, let me scroll down and see what you're saying. Aries, let me know what you're talking. Let me let me scroll down and see. Do how do you let God let go and let God. Is that, that just your, let me scroll all the way down and see if you're talking to me. Aries, what you trying to tell me? Hey, Autumn, what's going on, girl? Welcome to the live. Aries, let me know what you're talking. Okay, I'll just go ahead and go to the next question. I'm going to try to answer. How do you know when something in your life is God's timing? Let's just start there. Um, God's timing is one of those things that I tell people not to worry about. Don't overly consume yourself with. Um, what you should be consuming your time in is in preparing for God's timing. See, people get so caught up on the moment of a promotion, but they forget about the seasons that precede and that that is uh, that follows it. And so, when you understand that 
promotion is brief, then you will capitalize on the season that you're in to prepare. Marriage, a wedding is a promoting period into marriage, right? And so your singleness and your courtship phase is you preparing for the transitional period into what is for mature audience only, marriage. And so what we have to understand is, is that we can't get so caught up on when God's timing is going to come because that's based upon his providential will. That's based upon his sovereignty. All you can do is, <clears throat> is collect the data in regards to what you know for a fact God's will for your life is or God's purpose of your life is, and then prepare accordingly to whom much is given, much is required. If God requires, if, 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 if God wants you to do much, he's going to require much. And that's why I tell people from my own life. I used to wonder why is it taking so long for me to reach this pinnacle, this place of ministry, this place of 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 whatever and, and activity of God. And I realized, Josh, if you're, if you're called or chosen to do much, you're going to have to be required of much because at that level is greater devils, it's greater opportunities, greater whatever. And you got to be able to steward. So don't worry about God's timing. Worry about the time you do have in preparing for that timing and not just preparing to look cute for that timing, to have the right tux for that timing, to have the right dress for that timing, to have the right look for that timing or whatever, but be prepared to steward the responsibility that comes after that. So I hope that kind of helped along the lines. If I see your question a little bit further down, Aries, I'll kind of add more uh, content to your question. Hey, coach, watching from Atlanta. Thank you for watching Heaven Rose. Daughter of the King says, if the man that God let me know is my husband is dating another woman, am I able to date other men until the Lord tells him? Listen, um, why waste your time? Getting involved with somebody else causing even more emotional, mental confusion in yourself if you feel this is what God is telling you. First off, there's two places you need to put things when God tells you, either the shelf or the soil. When God, if God told you that this man was the one for you, I, I don't, I'm not going to argue whether you heard from God. It's not my place. I don't know where you and God is at, but I'm taking, I'm taking you at, at what you're saying. So I'm, I'm taking it as if I believe you, I believe you, right? If God told you these two things, you should not, shouldn't even worry about. Number one, you shouldn't worry about dating somebody to occupy the space until that person's ready to be in partnership with you. And number two, don't even worry about who he's dating. What you should be doing is putting what God told you on the shelf and let God bring the confirmation. Don't, and it's just, it's just not wise for you to try to date somebody else because, because this person was someone else. You should just say, you know what, God, I'm going to put this on the shelf in time and, and 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 time will prove if you told me this time will prove because just because you with somebody else right now doesn't mean you should try to be with somebody else to occupy that space because you're going to come because that's a waste of that person's time if you're dating someone else and you know that your heart is waiting for someone else quote unquote because god told you then you're then that's selfish by trying to get a relationship with someone else and that what if that person starts liking you what if that now you put that now you pluck that person feelings and now that person's got feelings for you but you you can't even give your whole self to that person because you're still waiting for this person while at the same time uh having enjoying your time with this person while peeking to see what's going on over there so basically what i'm trying to say is don't worry about it don't even waste your time with someone else or watching him with someone else you worry about building yourself up in your most holy faith and and occupying the time until it comes occupy your season by being productive and pursuing and developing your purpose now instead of worrying about god uh putting it all together god in his providential mercies and timing will put it all together if that's his will but your heart cannot be consumed with what this person is doing or should i be with somebody else you just focus on building who you are 
are and being and preparing yourself to be the wife that the man of God that God has for you needs and preparing yourself to be the woman that God needs for the purpose that he wants you to do now and in the future. Don't waste your time because you're only going to confuse your own self. And that logic that you have makes sense to some people, but it's going to have you counting sense and wasting time and worrying about unnecessary things when you could be utilizing that time for your purpose. So do not waste your time and let God do what he tells you. Put what God says on the shelf because that will teach you the difference between if you felt that about yourself and the devil made you think that of God sent your way. I always tell people to do that because when you put on the shelf, God will show and prove to you that it, that that person was for you. But if you sit there waiting on that person, you open the door for the devil to creep in for you to idolize or become infatuated, not infatuated, become uh, emotionally uh, uh, on a roller coaster worrying about are they broken up? Are they back together? You don't got time for that. Focus on you and be the person that God wants you to be. Hey, Coach, are you still doing one-on-ones? I am. It's just based upon uh, <clears throat> the day, the timing your budget and, and where I'm at in my life. So go to my website, imunplugged.com. Go to the custom coaching tab and if and, and, if, and let me know what you can do and I'll, and I'll see what I can do based upon what's going on in my life at the point, at this point. Um, but the holidays are coming up, so I may be making some extra time to do some coaching there, but let me know. Derek Torres, what's up, fam? How you feeling? Simba says, hey, coach, what's the best thing to deal with urges when you want to watch when it comes to sexual temptation? Um, urges... Um, let me look at your question one more time. Hey coach, what's the best thing? To, what's the best thing to deal with urges when you want to watch when it comes to sexual temptation? All right, this is what you do, bro. First off, you got to ask yourself, why do I have these urges? Urges comes from surges. Surges means that there's some type of synergy going on. There's some type of emotional um, uh, instability, lack of discipline. So there's a surge of, of feelings that I've allowed to build up to a point that turns into urges and it makes you feel like this is urgent. And then anything that you make an urge or allow an urge to, uh, to surge or allow an urge to live, that thing... It's going to be hard to not fall into the temptation. Now you got to reverse the urges and make sure that you transition your hunger from urges to hunger and thirsting after God's righteousness, right? Because the Bible says, they that hunger and thirst after his righteous shall be filled. The reason why we're trying to fill our way through life or we're trying to um, um, find uh, 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 um, um, ease when it comes to our sexual desires is because we haven't been filled. You got to you got to analyze why am I hungry for these different things? Why is there a hunger there? Um the reason why many of us have a hunger outside of righteousness is because there's 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 false hopes. There's there's a lack of honor. Um um let's do with those two cuz I don't want to try to try to uh find other H's but um false hopes and honor when a person doesn't reverence God, they lack wisdom. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. There has to be an honor there. There has to be a, <clears throat> a, a respect factor there. And it has to be a respect factor that stems from that. When I when I find honor in God and I respect God and have honor for him, I now begin to have honor for myself. And I also be I'll have honor for everyone else. Now, that when it comes to men, that honor for God will have you honor even the woman on the screen. You're going to be like, that's someone's daughter, that's someone's mother, that's someone's aunt. You see what I'm saying? Now you begin to have honor for them or any woman around you begin to have honor and you will treat them as a sister in Christ or somebody else's daughter, mother, etc. And th that honor that you have for God will permeate inside of your vessel that you will try to say, oh, even if on your toughest days, because you honor God, that honor would then permeate 
into other fields and you won't even want to look at that woman for your selfish sexual needs or fall into temptation because you see honor, you see dignity in these women, etc. Uh, false hopes leads to the lack of honor. And what I mean by false hopes is the reason why we don't hunger and thirst after righteousness because we have a false hope. And so what happens is we, we get on this, this, this race of if I could just make more money, if I could just get a husband, if I could just get a wife, we have these false hopes. And, and if I, if I just have this, I'm something. And then when those things, okay, there's two things. When those things don't come through, you find yourself in, in a place where where you're not sensitive to the things of God, you're you're not strong in the things of God because you you disappointed, and then you're more susceptible to to uh, fulfilling these urges. Or you in this pursuit of this thing, you haven't been disappointed yet, but you're so driven that you need uh, uh, just to get your rocks off. You got you just got to do things to get you back on the race again. False hopes and a lack of honor is going to lead you fulfilling those urges. We got to get into a place where we acknowledge God or ask God, look, God, create a deep hunger in me after your righteousness so I can be filled, so I can have enough that even when there's pornography or when there's a woman or when there's temptation to sin, you have enough in you. And because when you have enough, you're not going to mess with this kind of stuff. You see what I'm saying? Because you have enough of God in you because you're hungry and thirst after righteousness because there's reward from his righteousness. There's two types of right. Now, I don't want to say two types of righteousness. You hear me? Hear me with my theology. There's, 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 there's righteous living and there's righteous, uh, um, positioning because of what Christ did. I have been made righteous. His righteousness is being imputed on me. So I'm in a righteous state, right? Righteous living is inspired from that righteous position because I'm made righteous in God by Christ Jesus. That should inspire or spark righteous living. Righteous living is sparked by uh, the allowance of our minds to be renewed. Once we become, once we have been made righteous, then there's when the renewed mind begins. But based upon uh, our, our where we are in our life, we can become stagnant when it comes to that. We cannot be progressive. We have to always be progressive in, in allowing God to renew our minds so that righteous living or the righteous clean, the righteous position that we have in Christ will then reflect in our living because we're 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 filled. We're we hungry and thirsting for more righteousness. And what I mean by more, like what how else can I be right in this situation? I want to get, I want to become even more righteous as a husband. I want to become even more righteous as a preacher, not because um of, of selfish gain, but because I want to continue to have my mind renewed so I can increase in my righteous living. Then when you have all that encompassing your life. Man, you're going to be too full of God to fall into sin. I said a lot there, I know. But I hope they helped you. You just got to you got to create a new hunger. And you create new hunger by new habits. You see what I'm saying? Create new habits and the hungers were birthed, <clears throat> but it bursts from putting your hope in God and honoring him. And honoring him will lead you to honor yourself because sexual sins hurts you. That's the Bible talks about. That's the one types. Those are the types of sins that a person sins against their own body. When I have anger towards somebody and I hurt somebody, I don't necessarily hurt myself. I may get consequences, but sexual sin has a way of affecting you mentally, emotionally and physically. And you sinning against your own self. So in honoring God, you honor yourself, you honor your body, you honor your time, you honor your resources. And then that leads into honoring the women that you may see around you. And it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. Hope they help. <clears throat> Great question. Aries, how do you let go and let God? You got to ask yourself, why am I not letting go? 
Um, there's two things. There's things you're supposed to control and there's things that only God can control. And a lot of people get to get their minds mixed up on that. Let's talk about relationships. Like most people will say, uh, uh, I want God's best for me. I want the one God has for me, but you won't let you won't let God work it out. What means is <clears throat> why would God send you somebody if you're trying to find somebody and you're in and out of relationships? God ain't going to send you that one if you're in and out of relationship because you're trying to do it yourself. You let go as you build your trust. The more you trust God, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, hear me say it all the time, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's the first sentence. What part of your heart do you not trust God with? Whatever area of your heart do you, that you do not fully trust God in will be the very thing you're going to put in your own trust and then lose the treasure. You see what I'm saying? So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your understanding. There's going to come a period where you try to try to understand why things are where they are. Or if I just dress like this, maybe I get a man. If I just do this, maybe I can get a woman. If I just do this, maybe God promote me. We get into this works righteousness mindset or we get into um, just trying to make it happen our own because we begin to lean on our understanding. There's a lot of things that make sense. But don't make sense. You see what I'm saying? A lot of things make sense. People will say, if you if if I was just not a Christian, I was out in the world. If someone came to me and said, Josh, I'm planning on staying with my girlfriend and see what it's like to if I should marry her or not. In the world's mindset, that makes sense. Before you before you marry somebody, test drive it. That makes sense in the world standpoint. But when you get an understanding of God, it can't make sense because if God ain't in the midst, it ain't gonna work. And if you don't do it God's way, see, they're understanding God as a whole nother layer. To, to the world's sense. You see what I'm saying? But in Christ's sense, there's common sense and there's Christ's sense. The Christ's sense will let you know, hey, there's just certain things that I can't control. There's certain things that I can't do without him. So I got to trust God. I cannot lean on to my understanding because there's some things you ain't going to be able to comprehend on what God is doing. So what we do oftentimes, we try to figure God out. God can be figured out. And so when you realize God can be figured out, you let God figure out what he only what he already has figured out. Right. Lean not to understand this in all your ways. Acknowledge him. That's the beautiful thing. I get the opportunity to acknowledge God in all my ways. I'm acknowledge God. God, am I going in the right direction? Is this it for me? God would be like, let go of this because I got something better. How can I let go of what I have for you? If you're not going to let go what you what I don't want you to have. Right. And then you'll see your path made straight. So how you let go and let God is to realize, is to build your trust in God. And ask yourself, why don't you trust God in the thing that you're holding on to? That's when the real honesty comes out. That's what you need to do. Simply ask God, simply ask yourself, why I don't trust God with this? And then you'll see your heart for what it really is. Then you start from there. Natasha says, how to take doubt away and trust God in this next season? He put me here and I'm a little scared in a good way. Great question. Uh, how to take doubt away and trust God in this next season. <clears throat> you are a beginner in the new season. That's when you're supposed to be. See, seasons are like this. The last season you in, you was in, you was an expert. You've you've gained a rhythm with God. There's there you became an expert. You know you know the warfare. You you're familiar with the warfare. You're familiar with the with 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 how God wants you to move. You're familiar. Now when you get to the new season, you, that's when you got to hold on to God's hand even tighter, because you're in a new phase, you're in a new season, and things are not familiar, right? And so. In those in that transitional period in that season, that's when you got to increase your devotion, increase 
um, your time with God. Increase your training. Increase uh, um, your focus. Increase uh, what you know to do. You know what I'm saying? Take what you learned from the last season, add it to this season, and increase it. <clears throat> In the beginning, until until things plateau, like when I when I deal with kids, if there's a kid that I have to coach for a little period of time, we go extra hard in the beginning. I meet with, I probably check in with him or her twice a day, uh, every day. And then as we begin to make progress, that I don't really have to, that I don't really have to check in with that kid as often because now he, the principles that I taught him or her, the things that I've given them, the tools they're given, they're working it out with those tools. And now they're able to, yes, I still check in, but they're able to function with the tools that I've given them. That's kind of is what God, in the beginning of a new phase, in the beginning of a new transition, you got to say, okay, I got to double down on this thing with God. God, I need to, I need to tighten things with you. I need, to, I need you to check in with me more often. I need to check in with you more often because in doing that, I become familiar with the season and I begin to garner or, uh, um, uh, uh, gain insight and and garner new tools and resources, and then from there, when it comes to a new phase, yes, you still check in with God. Yes, there's still a rhythm with God, but it, it won't be as intense because you've grown into familiarity with this new season, right? And and the best way to get rid of doubt or to get to 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 take out doubt is to realize uh um is to realize uh number one. Why am I in self-doubt? Is it that you doubt in God or is it that you doubt in yourself? If you doubt yourself because you feel inadequate, then then chances are you have to realize that that God has called you there. You may not see clearly on why you're here, but know that he's guided you here, which means he is giving you the tools and resources you need to actually survive here and thrive here, right? So if God brought you here, that should eliminate the doubt because, you know, God wouldn't send me here. If, 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 if I'm not ready for this season, right? And fear is normal when you're in a new place, when you're in, in an unfamiliar place. But you have to realize he's with you and he'll guide you through this. Hope to help. Door of the King, I don't want to laugh loud. I just feel silly at times. Okay, that's y'all talking to each other. Derek Torres says, hey, brother, my question is, if I'm trying to bring me and my girl to God, will the enemy do everything he can to keep that from happening? Of course. Um. Hmm. Let me break this down for you, fam. Uh, hey, brother. My question is: If I'm trying to bring me and my girl to God, with the will the enemy do everything? Of course, he's going to do everything to stop. Now, there's a difference between your girl and your wife, right? Um, and and what I mean by that is, I don't. She has to come to God for herself, right? Um, and and you got to go to God for yourself, right? And so, what I would advise you to do, fam, is that um. Hmm. I ain't gonna tell you. I ain't telling you to break up. So I don't want you to think. I don't want you to be like, "Oh man, coach, you're trying to tell me." No, I ain't trying to tell you that. I'm just trying to let you know. Um, yes, the enemy is going to try to come against it. Yes, there's going to be warfare against that. But but you have to be. Help me, Holy Ghost, with this one. Um, I will sit your lady down and really tell her where you are with your walk with God. And what you want, what you want to do, and and then ask her where is she in that pursuit of God, and 
and go from there. Have a conversation with her because what I don't want you to do is you be I'm, you waste the energy trying to pull her to God when she may not want to be want to go to God. And then not only it not only do you have resistance against your relationship, but now you have resistance through her against you going to God. So what I would tell you to do is <clears throat> simply take her out and 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 just say, hey, I just want to want to talk to talk to you about where I met with God. And this is what I want to do. This is what I want us to do. Are you down? You know what I'm saying? And before you have the conversation, we're going to ask God, God, whatever your will is, I'm willing to go that direction. If this ain't the girl you have for me, if this ain't what you have for us, God, I'm ready to let it go. And then ask God to have the conversation with her. Open the, open up the opportunity if you have that conversation with her. It may not happen within a week or so, but I believe God will make it happen soon. You have that conversation with her and see where she's at and be at peace with whatever she wants to do. And if she don't want to follow God, then you know that y'all shouldn't because you, you shouldn't stay in a relationship because you don't want to be, I really want to follow God. And she's like, I'm really not trying to follow God. And then you're wasting energy trying to bring both y'all to God when you should just come to God by yourself. Hope to help. Door the King. Hey, swell. Oh, y'all talking to each other. Okay. <clears throat> Lakeisha Taylor says, why would a guy give you mixed signals? What's the point of being immature? Is it, is it directive? The mood, the motive, make sure you show clear signs if you're interested or not, right? Yeah. If a guy's giving you mixed signal signals, he wants to um he, he's off their he's working with the author of confusion. The Bible says God has the author of confusion. God has the author of confusion, he's the author of clarity. If a guy is giving you mixed signals, then you got to give him a clear signal, letting him know that you're out of the way. See what I'm saying? That you're getting away from the situation. Because what you don't have time is to be confused with someone that is indecisive. Indecision is a decision. This person has something else on the side, or this person doesn't know who he is. Because a per a man who knows who he is and knows what he wants is very clear clear about what he wants to do and what he wants and, and how he wants to guide this relationship. So if you're in a situation, no matter who's listening and you're receiving mixed signals, then that person is, 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 is confusion. And, and where there's confusion is every evil work. That's a scripture where there's confusion. There's every evil work. So if he's giving you mixed signals, confusion is coming in and the confusion opens the door for evil work to come in uh, and to affect you. So what I would tell you to do, if he ain't clear, then you make a clear way out and move on about your life. I don't care how lonely you feel. I don't care how much you hate your singleness. It, I'd rather be clear and single than confused and mingling. I'd rather be clear and stay single than for you to be. I'd rather for you to be single and clear than to be in a relationship with someone confused. A man who really likes you and is a mature man would number one, not approach you if God didn't send him your way. Simple as that. But if God does send him your way, that man is very clear and his clarity comes from the word of God and he won't have you or he won't him himself nor him himself won't compromise God and he won't lead you to compromise God to the best of his ability. He's human. So he's going to make mistakes, but it ain't going to be no drastic mistakes. Right. Hope to help. All right. Next question. Hey, coach, I feel weak this week. And masturbated. I had done before. I had done before and told God I wouldn't again. Have I set my breakthrough back? <clears throat> like I said before, assess, adjust, advance. You're gonna have weeks that you're weak, 
But in those weak weeks, even when you find yourself falling or messed up, right? You got to assess like, God, okay, where did I drop the ball? God, who, what, where? Where, where, where's the breaches? Where was the open doors? Assess, assess and make the adjustments, right? And when you acknowledge God and you make the assessments and you analyze your life, right? And why you fell into that sin or why you fell into that, then God will make it clear to you. These are the adjustments you need to make. And you got to be willing to make those adjustments. You got to be willing to let go <clears throat> and add an app on your phone that, that blocks. So you got to be willing to put blockers on your phone and, and uh, not surround yourself with certain people and, and to allow God to open your mind to your purpose. What kept me for many years was being productive. Like, like, like you got you can't have idle time and expect to win. You see what I'm saying? Because idle time leads to idle hands, and idle lands, you know, leads to you know what. See what I'm saying? So you got to always put your hands into production, put your hands into purpose so that you won't put your hands in places that's going to make you fall into those kind of sins. It's real talk. When you assess, you make the adjustments over time, that thing won't even be evident in your life. Because you advancing the things of God, you advancing in purpose, and you actually grow in honor when it comes to those things, and you begin to honor your body. You see what I'm saying? So I had done before and told God I wouldn't do it again. Nah, I mean, how many times? We all have been there. So don't feel bad. Don't allow condemnation to set in. We've all been there where we told God we weren't going to do it again, and we did it again. See, God chose us with our with our current and future mistakes in mind. And what I, that doesn't mean that don't give you license to sin. He just knew, I already know you're going to mess up. But I chose you even with your mess ups in mind, because I know that you're going to eventually gain a message from your mess ups. And then you will be an expert in that field, helping other people de be delivered from those areas. You see. So when you understand that, don't allow combination to set in and be like, God doesn't let no God loves you. God cares about you. He knew you was going to fall that day. He's just like riding a bike. He, No father, no good father, no good mother takes their kid to ride their bike without the training wheels the first time and not expect them to fall. But they, their expectation is not they're going to keep falling. Their expectation is to see them ride. So God, God know you're going to fall off the bike. God know you're going to make mistakes. But your love and your... Uh, uh, um, your love that you that you couldn't even build yourself, but the love that the love of God built inside of you. I love the scripture says, uh, perfect love cast out fear, right? So when you've been perfected by God's love, you've grown into that perfection. Not you, you've grown into understanding his perfect love towards you. I'm telling you, when, when it cast away all fear, we fall into sins because of fear, some kind of way, fear, insecurity, disappointment, or whatever. But when we begin to understand the love of God, even in the midst of our sin, it will inspire us. It will move us. It will empower us to go beyond the sins. But we have to be willing to make those adjustments. So what I need to tell, what I need for you to do is assess everything that played a part to that fall. Look at every step that led to you falling into that sin and ask the Holy Spirit, what do I need to do? And he'll show you how to make the adjustments. But our chances are <clears throat> that he's going to show you. You need to get into that book. You need to write that album. You need to do this. He's going to be like, I need you to get your hands productive in something else so that you won't find yourself in a situation again. Hope to help. Appreciate you letting God use you, my brother. No problem, Brian. Glad we're blessing. Blessing. Derek says, and the Bible says, whatever the heart desires, we will have. Me and my woman want to stay together till marriage to make that covenant. I really want that. And so does she. Will he allow? Yeah, there we go. That's the answer you need. I need it. If she's willing to go forward. Y'all got to y'all got to y'all got to make it y'all got to be real. You got to assess, adjust so that y'all can advance. Assess, okay, what what do we want to do? Holy Spirit, first off what you need to do is to say, you know, we need to take a week or two to really seek God to see if we're meant for each other. 
It starts there because confirmation from God is, is great warfare against the enemy. When God has confirmed the thing to you, it don't matter what warfare comes against me and my wife. She was confirmed by God for me. That confirmation is warfare alone. <clears throat> That's warfare alone against the enemy. Because now the enemy can't even creep in my mind and be like, you should leave her. Or she ain't the one for you. Or look at this. Too late. She's been confirmed. You see what I'm saying? That confirmation is, is, is your weapon. It's a great weapon because you know for a fact we're meant to be. So I advise, my wife and I did this. You got to just take some time. And well, we didn't do it like this. Well, anyway, what you got to do is just say, hey, we're going to find out if this is who, we, if this is what needs to be done. Is this God's will for us? 14 days. Take seven to 14 days, whatever the Lord leads. You go to God about this. Seven to 14 days. Don't talk. Don't call each other. Be prepared. Prep yourself for that and then go into it and then come together and find out what God has told y'all both. Go from there. That's what I, that's what I'd advise. Great question, man. <clears throat> but God, if it is God's will for y'all to be together, oh, God will strengthen that covenant. God will strengthen that bond. He will, he will, he will grace you into that covenant. He'll grace you into that union. He'll, he'll, you, you'll be fine. You just got to make sure that's your divine uh, woman for you. You see what I'm saying? Levita Doka says, Hey coach, how are you? I'm doing exceptionally well. I'm doing well. Prophets keep telling my mom my future marriage. One told her about a man that I used to talk to, but my heart is not aligned to it. I have given up on such. All prophecy is confirmation. God will never send a prophet to you without him prophesying to you. God is going to prophesy to you first before he sends a prophet your way. God will let you know who's God will let you know first. And anybody who comes around right? We'll send confirmation. If it's a, if it's a new word to you, it's the wrong word for you. Anybody who prophesies to me, it, it should already, it should bear witness with the spirit of me. It should bear witness. I, I bore, I was a witness of this before. You see what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit told me about this. He may not told me in great detail what this person says, but it bears witness because I already knew it. God already showed it to me. You see what I'm saying? I knew I was a preacher. I knew I was called to be in ministry before I was all the prophecies that I received in my teenage years and my 20s. I may not have wanted to do it, but it bore witness with me. I couldn't run from it. So if it doesn't align with what you feel in your spirit, get that prophecy out of your mind. There's a lot of controlling prophets out here that's trying to get your money, trying to get your energy, trying to get demonic control in your life because they can control you through a prophecy. They can control. If a prophet can control you through their prophecy, then they can control uh, 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 how how they profit from you, how much money they can get from you because now they got, they got a demonic connection to you because you don't think familiar spirits know you, know what you've been through, can tell a prophet, the demon inside the prophet, and that prophet can say your name and tell you all these different things. And all of a sudden you in awe of the man or woman of God, quote unquote, the prophet of God. And now you all confused and tied to this person and now you're giving all your money to him. If it ain't bear when it's with you, cut it off. Simple as that. And know the difference that a prophet is only going to confirm what God has already prophesied to you. If it's a new word, it's the wrong word. Simple as that. How should I go about that? Simply smile. Oh, okay. Thank you. In one ear, out the other. Simple as that. That's how you handle it. In one ear, out the other. Don't pay it no time. Don't pay it no energy. If it ain't aligning with your spirit and it ain't God ain't showed you, put it on the shelf. <clears throat> and in this case, put it in the trash can. 
Give up on that prophecy and tell your mom. And if your mom keeps trying to, if they keep trying to bring it up, this is how you test the spirit of that person. Um, I appreciate you all uh, sharing the word of the Lord to me, but I will appreciate if you don't mention that again. Okay. If they get upset, you know what spirit it is. If they respect it, then cool. Maybe the prophet made a mistake. But if they be like, you trying to come against the man, that's control. You don't trust the prophet. No, no, no. Don't allow them to do reverse psychology through a manipulative, fearful tactics to get you back up under their control. You don't know what that boyfriend did to try to get back with you. You don't know. There's a lot of witchcraft, a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff out here people will do to get control over you. So if they get mad at you, hey, mom, cool. Who's my mother? Who's my father? You know what I'm saying? Do what you got to do. Hope to help. Let me scroll up because I lost your... Man, y'all got a lot of questions on this evening. Slim Rev looks slim. Yeah, I'm still... Hey, hey, coach. Coach about this Slim Rev. It's a movement. Let me keep scrolling. Man, y'all got a lot of questions. Lord. Hmm. All right. Hey, Autumn. LeBlanca says, how do I get past my same-sex attraction? I am 37 and have been in this lifestyle my entire adult life. I keep going back. Great question. Um, what opened the door for that same-sex attraction, right? Uh, what you have to understand is that attractions, attractions may arise. You acting on the attraction is a sin. We all, no matter how how mature we are there's going to be attractive things in this world like the biggest attractions that i got to fight through right now is the attractions of ministerial success you see what i'm saying that's attractive it's attractive to see uh 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 it, it, it can be attractive at times seeing preachers where they are and stuff like that but i have to realize i can't attraction is going to arise because stuff looks good you can't help when things look good you see what i'm saying but you have to know is that good for me? Is that biblically good? Is that bodily good? Is that is that good for me, right? So when you have that same sex attraction, then you have to first <clears throat> go back to the conception and really and really say, "Hey, have did I truly give this situation over to God? Did I truly uh, repent for my sin? Did I did I have I truly forgiven the people that may have opened the door for this to occur in my life?" You see what I'm saying? And so because attraction that we act on is because of the habits that that were before our new lifestyle. You see what I'm saying? Now that you're going into a new life with God, you got to be honest with yourself. And be like, I did spend a lot of years doing this. Right. Or or maybe I didn't go all the way to the conception because these this is how demons work. Sometimes we 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 did. We are delivered from this uh symptomatic demons i know i made a word that before me Symptom, symptomatic demons symptoms the symptom dimming demons but we didn't get rid of the source demon the root demon we got rid of a couple of branches but we didn't uproot the tree from the root see what i'm saying so what happens is <clears throat> maybe maybe there was freedom in this symptom and that symptom right but then if we don't get rid of the roots those symptoms will come back again right then that's why people find themselves back in pornography back in same-sex attractions back and 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 fornicating back in these different things because they dealt with the symptoms to see they they're medicated themselves you see what i'm saying but they haven't marinated themselves what i mean but they medicate themselves by okay uh i'm gonna stay away from these people you're fighting hard to fight and you got the symptoms away 
but you haven't been marinated in the word enough to become made new in that area. See what I'm saying? Chicken inside of a teriyaki marinade is no longer chicken. It is teriyaki chicken. You see what I'm saying? We got to now marinate ourselves in the word of God. It's going to take some discipline. Number one, we got to say these are the symptoms. Same-sex attraction is a symptom of something deeper. Same-sex attraction, uh, uh, opposite-sex attraction into that leads to fornication, pornographic attraction, all those different things are symptoms of something deeper. Typically, there's an identity issue. There's an insecurity issue. There's an unforgiveness. There's, these are the roots of, of, of thriving sins. Insecurities, inadequacies, uh, carnal intimacies. Um, man, I'm all these I words. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> fear. There's all these roots. Idolatry. Uh, unforgiveness, resentment, all these are roots, man. I'm gonna have to do a video on the roots that hinders our fruits. I, 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 Lord, I may have to, I may have to work on that for tomorrow. <clears throat> these roots, you gotta uproot. You can't, but through the help of the Holy Ghost, you can, because it's those roots that produce the same fruit, even if you cut the fruit off. Oh, I got this off, but it comes up every three months. It comes up every two weeks. Right. So you got to examine the roots. Why am I is, is deeper than the same sex attraction? It's deeper, it's deeper, it's deeper. Was there a molestation? Do you forgive? Did you have you forgiven that person that molested you? Was it a rape? Have you forgiven that person a rape? Has it been physical abuse from males? You got to forgive those males because forgiveness releases the root demon off of you. Because when you're forgiven, that root demon has to let go because they were the ones that keeps opening the door. They got the keys. They're the one paying rent. And they have guests that come over every now and then. So if you get if you get down to the roots and the Holy Spirit will show you, forgive your pops for what he did. You forgive your auntie, forgive your uncle, forgive this person who molested you, who raped you, who who psychologically affected you, who touched you, who who abused you, that made you or the woman that turned you out. Like you got you. You got to forgive them and forgive yourself. Most of the time it's really us forgiving ourselves that why would God ever love? And like I said, the, God's perfect love casts out fear. There's a fear there. That's allowing these carnal, same-sex traction roots or fruits to birth. Find the roots, the fruits will change. You see what I'm saying? And reroot yourself back into God and gain and allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind about yourself, forgiving them, God forgive them for they knew not what they did, and forgiving yourself, God forgive me for I knew not what I was doing. But I'm so glad what you did and are doing in my life. And then as your mind begins to renew, as you work on uprooting and rerooting yourself back in God, you will have the Christ-like mind. And even when those attractions occur, even when you see a pretty young lady, that your, your lens have changed. Your eyesight has changed. Your, your, your perspective about a woman has changed because you have a new mind. Hope that helped. And if you've been in this lifestyle your entire life, then you have to put a pause on your life and allow God to make you a new man. Listen, 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 there ain't nothing too hard for God to do. And you got to ask yourself, why do you keep going back? These are questions you have to ask yourself. What are the root reasons for why I'm doing this? And why are, what are the reasons why I keep going back? Because sometimes we, we, we been in, we've been in sin longer than we've been in sanctification. But as you continue to be sanctified in Christ and the Holy Spirit, and you allow the Holy Spirit to work on you and you really systematically process why you are where you are, freedom will occur. It's deeper. I can't, I can't, there's no possible way I can help. Email me, 
email me and I can see what we can do. Maybe we can get on the phone. Maybe we can have a conversation. Let me know what you can do. It, it, well, well, just email me so I can give you a little bit more information about that. Good question though. But I got to make, I can't, that's enough. That's enough right there to get you going. But I need to know your story, know your situation to kind of help you become free from that. D Disha says, hi coach. It's been a year since I had my daughter and me and her, me and her father broke up. I can't get over that situation. How do I heal from the situation and release a soul tie? Great question. It's fresh. It's a fresh wound. It's a fresh wound. And you have a daughter. Um, there's, there's multiple ties in the situation. You have a daughter that's going to tie y'all together forever. Right. Yeah. Of course you had, in order to make a daughter, you had some sexual intimacy. So that's a tie there. Um, now, you have to process. Have I lost myself in him? This is what happens in most relationships. Many people have such a desire for love, have such a desire for intimacy, have such a desire for companionship that they lose themselves in the person or they never knew who they were and they created a new identity in this person. So what happens is... <clears throat> Typically, this is what happened when you don't even know who you are or what your purpose is or whatever. And then you get into a relationship. Now you create a new identity. A new personality is created. A new person emerges. Right now you begin to uh, uh, be a uh, 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 wife, wifey or wife. And you begin to be this person, but you don't even know who you are. It's like we skip steps, right? So what happens is we don't, <clears throat> we, we waste our singleness trying and doing all these different things and we waste our singleness. And in those singleness was our time for us to single out who we really are. And and, and before we get in a relationship so that we'll know who, so, so that we'll be able to recognize who God wants to partner us with. You see what I'm saying? But when you when you don't even know yourself and then you get into a relationship, now you're trying to find yourself in them. And then when you find a false version of yourself and then when it no longer works, now there's a stronger tie with that person because that was the that was the first place you even found something about yourself. Right. And that's why you got to find you got to let God. Well, God will find you. Then you will find yourself in God. And then you will be able to find along the way a partner suited for you going forward. But now, since that order wasn't operated through, now you got to forgive. You got to uh, welcome God's forgiveness on you and forgive yourself. And the only way you can get over this individual is to find yourself in God. And what I mean by that, find your purpose. There's a purpose outside of him. And if you don't, if, if, if you feel like your purpose is in him, you're going to always be tied to him, right? But since it didn't work out, healing begins from revealing, reveal to heal. God revealed to me who I am. And, and in me knowing who I am in you, God, I will begin to heal because I will begin to find purpose outside of a situationship, outside of a situ uh, uh, area. And then God will become the, the, the adequate replacement to, to, help, to help you uh, 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 raise your daughter. With, your, with the gentleman, the gentleman may be a good dad, but he will be good enough to sustain you until you're able to find the person that God has for you. Cause there's a man out there who don't, who don't mind helping you with your, your daughter. You see what I'm saying? But, but you have to heal first, but before you heal, you must allow God to reveal who he is and who you are in him so that you can begin to be productive after your own purpose. And then you will begin to see 
the wedge between y'all increased and the soul tie broken because now you found your true identity in Christ outside of identifying who you are in this individual. What happens is most of us find our identity or we, we, we develop an identity in other people and that's not who we're supposed to find our identity in. And then you, for all these years, you was wifey, he was hubby, he was boo, and y'all been in this fantasy world, created this world, and then when it didn't happen, who am I now? That's how many people, that's what messed up a lot of people. They don't even know who they are anymore. So let God reveal so that you can heal. But practically, to add with that is writing down what you're passionate about. What are you supposed to do? What makes you amazing? What makes you dope? What makes you great? What does God want you to do? And then when you begin to find your purpose, you will begin to see, okay, I no longer have no need of this person. Now, I, I, I welcome him, but I don't need him. I welcome him to be the father of our child, but I don't need him anymore because I found new identity in Christ. And me and her father broke up. I can't get over that. You can. You got to change the way you think about that. No longer should you ever say out of your mouth that I can't get over that situation. From here on out, I need you to change your words. <clears throat> Sometimes you got to uh, say it to you, to you, to you. You got to say it. You gotta, I was going to say to you, fake it till you make it. You got to say it. But anyway, just say it. You know what I'm saying? Reverse your words. Reverse. You have what you say. If you keep saying you can't get over it, you will never get over it. But if you begin to say, I will get over this, you if that means you got to put sticky notes everywhere, in the car, in your purse, on your desk, in, in the bathroom, you will get over this. I want you to say it over and over again because you have what you say. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Your tongue has power. What, what we should start first is reversing your words and saying, I will get over the situation by the grace and by the help of God. I will get over the situation. And then God will begin as you change your words, because how can God reveal if your words is causing more hurt? <clears throat> well, it's going to be hard. It's going to be God can't get the message through if you send the wrong message out. Hope to help. Jake 211 says, I'm trying to be patient. In my season of single now, Deisha, Deasia, I have a lot of videos on soul ties. I have a book called The Purpose of Freedom on Soul Ties. If you need to get the book, get the book. If you need to watch the video, I got a ton of videos on soul ties. It will kind of help you process that thought a little bit more. Jake 211 says, I'm trying to be patient in my season of singleness in regards to one day remarrying. I made the mistake of getting in an unequally yoked relationship once since since being single. Anybody's going for it. No problem, Jake. Yeah. First... Patience comes with understanding. I love being patient. It's in my patience that I get more things. When I'm at a restaurant and, and, a, and I'm patient, I get, a, I get more food. It's that simple. Um, because I, I understand the purpose. Like When you understand the purpose of a season, you'll be patient that season. Is it going to always be easy, Jake? No. First step is, number one, are you healed from the last situation? Because frustration and tension could be birthed inside of you right now because of how you feel, still feel about the past relationship. It could be that you're completely over her. You're just not completely over that of the you in that situation, that you're still mad at yourself or you feel inadequate. You feel like you're not able um, to be the man that you need to be X, Y, and Z, right? Um, so if you completely heal from that situation, now you just got to deal with the frustration of you being single, right? So 
Now that you're single, you got to find a purpose. Purpose is the cool thing about life. The cool thing about you, you're your greatest project. Oh, man, I love improving myself. Until God brings the one for you, just improve. It's, it's, it's so, there's so much room to improve. So when you find the, the main purpose of your singleness is to prepare. Prepare. Jesus was unknown from 12 to 30. I bet you between 12 and 30, he was preparing for his single, not his, well, for his season of ministry. Your season of marriage, your season of ministry, your season of entrepreneurship, your season of whatever that 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 encompasses what he what he is encouraging you to become in this season, you prepare for that. So if you know that you want to remarry, then heal from the last relationship, work on your weaknesses, maximize your strengths, improve, improve, improve. Because when you improve, now you can say, I'm proof. I can prove that I'm ready for this because I have improved. Now I I'm I can prove to you that I'm ready, God, for this next level because I have made improvements. Listen, you can fake everybody else. You can fake a woman. You can fake a coworker. You can fake an employee. You can you you can fake everybody, but you cannot fake God. God knows when you're really ready. So utilize this season to get ready. That's that's the greatest advice I can give you. <clears throat> Number one, make sure that you have forgiven her and forgiven yourself. And from that forgiveness, because you mentioned it a little bit more in story, once y'all once you have forgiven and y'all have gotten to a good place, you you have gotten to a good place with yourself, simply improve and leave the other stuff to God. Impatience births from, from um discontentment. When you listen, you gotta be so good with God. That you ain't looking for a woman. If you're still looking for a woman, then God's not enough for you. It's that simple. If you're still looking for more money, if you're still looking for a woman, if you're still looking for a husband, the God is not enough. Because when God is enough, you don't, you, you don't, you, you may want, you may desire, but you're not gonna waste time looking because you trust the one who who has your heart. See what I'm saying? If you're still looking. God's not enough. So you got to look at your heart and say, why is God not enough for me? And then you will see the why you're discontent with God and why you have, have a, a, a contentment with him. If you keep, if you're still looking, then you don't trust the one who's with you. And then that's going to spawn a whole lot of other questions for you to answer. And the Holy Spirit will navigate you through those nuances and help you really process, man, I really don't trust God with this or... I'm really not a friend of God. We, we, people is cool with God, but they ain't close to God. Me and God cool, but me and God ain't close. See, when you are so in love with God, yeah, I want a wife. Yes, you may want a husband, right? But you know, I have all I need right here. And when God sees that I need someone else, I trust him to bring in this time. So just simply improve and get ready. Autumn says, how do you know when you're truly in love with some baby girl? <clears throat> Girl, you in fifth grade. We already talked about this. We'll talk Tuesday. You know, we'll give we'll give Miss Graves, Miss Groves, and we'll sit down and talk about that. Okay. Because girl, you in fifth grade. <laughs> I know you, girl. We'll talk Tuesday. Ari says it's two different questions. The first is, how do I know if God wants me to move on or not? It's two different questions. The first is, how do I know if God wants me to move on or not? Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, from the previous question, uh, when the brook dries up 
and no birds are bringing you no biscuits. When things are dried up, it's an instinct. You know it's time to move on. When when I, only God can reveal that to you because I don't want to get into specifics that may have happened to me and you looking for those specifics and God may be drying up the brook a different way for you. But you know when it's time to move on when, when, when God is moved. You got to be so connected to God that when God moves from a place, you, you, God will let you know when it's time to move. And that's all I can tell you. Uh, Kylie says, how do I get over someone who's not a godly man that I have fallen for? <clears throat> you got to ask yourself why you fail, why you fail for that person, Kylie. Um, and, 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 and that is a heart search. You got to search your heart for that. You see what I'm saying? Um, you get over somebody. Um, you get over somebody by really examining, um, a few things. You examine number one, uh, what insecurities do I have? Number two, who is this person for real, for real? Uh, and let's start with those two questions. What was the first one I said? Lord, I forgot. Um, what insecurities do I have? All right. So <clears throat> insecurities, right? How do I get over someone who is not a godly man that I have fallen for? You got to say, okay, first of all, let's start with the second question. This man ain't a man of God. Number one, we got to get into our mind that that God, that these men exist, these women exist, that there are God-fearing men and women that God is grooming for his children to produce godly seed, right? So then you will begin to look at the person. What you need to do is write a list of everything that you want in a significant other, a God-fearing list, a list that, that has God in mind, that has your purpose in mind, because because when you begin, well, first of all, you got to know your purpose. Because if you don't know your person, purpose, you won't know your person. Your purpose leads you to your person. See what I'm saying? Go, knowing the person of God, knowing the person of God will help you find your purpose. And your purpose will begin to recognize the person that God has pruned for you, right? Because when you know your purpose, you'll be able to, nah, you ain't it. You ain't it. You ain't it. Because you know who you are. When you know your purpose, you will begin to recognize your person. Right. So when you write down your list, write down what you know you need from God. And number one is uh, I want a God fearing man. Then you write who this person is. If that person isn't a God fearing man, I don't care if he's six foot three. I don't care if he's got a great job. I don't care if if he's kind. I don't care whatever. If he don't fear God, he ain't going to fear you. You need a man that fears you. And fear means reverence. If you don't reverence God, he's not going to reverence you. It don't matter how great of a job he is. I don't care if he's been a celibate abstinent for two and a half years. If there ain't no fear of God, he's going to eventually not revere you. So you get over a person by logically processing it all through the help of the Holy Ghost, through the Christ mind, and you'll be able to say, man, this ain't mine. And when you begin to recognize your purpose and you begin to fall in love with the person of God, then your self-esteem will rise and you will be over the person. Because right now, your self-esteem is here. And he is right now a barrier, a, 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 a barometer of your esteem. <clears throat> so as you get into things of God, you will begin to get over them, over him, because now your barometer is Christ and Christ is above every man. And when you grow into things of God and you begin to recognize your value, you begin to recognize your purpose, you begin to recognize who you are. You're going to eventually be like, wow, I am over him. 
but you'll never get over somebody if that person is the parameter of your self-esteem. If that person dictates how you feel about who you are, ain't no man. No man should determine your value, period. God must determine your value. And when you begin to recognize real, recognizing real, and you begin to recognize where your real value comes from, you'll be eventually over him. It begins there. You see what I'm saying? When you fall in love with God, man, and you grow into things of God, you will really be, and because God will supernaturally heal your insecurities. Insecurities affects our identity. You see what I'm saying? And then identity determines will determines what we involve ourselves with, right? Um, some of us are involving ourselves with things so that we can feel secure. Maybe you felt secure with him. Maybe you felt he 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 was he was secure financially. He was secure uh, in his manliness. He had some masculinity about him, so you felt secure. But a man who doesn't love God, who's not secured in God, ain't gonna be able to help with your securities. Hope to help. So how do you get over someone who wasn't a God friend, man? Uh, find your purpose. Find your purpose in God. Write down who you really want from a man and begin to look at that list. Anytime you think about that guy, look at their list and realize this person doesn't match that list. And that'll kind of help you shake off the uh, uh, weak moments of vulnerability because you have that list written down. You're like, you know what? This man ain't the one that God has for me. And then you, you may look at that list and be like, Josh, I don't deserve that kind of man, though. And then God will work on your mind and you'll grow into the woman that man needs. And then eventually you'll be over that person. Hope to help. Doing well, Sabrina. How you doing? What you talk so for? What you talk so? Okay, I got you, got you. Welcome, welcome, Sabrina. Hey, swag. Oh, y'all talking to each other. Shay says, hey, coach, how long would you consider a courting period to go on before you pop the question? Would a couple of years be too long? Uh, let me ask you. Uh, oh, if you're a guy, let me let me help you out with this, fam. You do it when God leads you. Here are some factors for men before you pop the question. Here are some factors that you got to make sure you have fixed in place before you pop the question. Number one, have you truly healed from every past relationship? Have you truly healed from every past relationship? Number two, are there any sexual sins still prevalent in your life? It doesn't matter how good of a man you are. If there are sexual sins still in your life, you're going to ruin the self-esteem of your wife. Simple as that. Number three, can I financially take care of two people? No, 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 no. We're not talking about you. Because if a baby comes, am I fine? Am I financially in the position to take care of me, my wife, and a potential child? Number four, um, do I truly understand the responsibilities of being a husband? Number five, am I patient? Am I kind? Am I gentle? Number six, am I willing to sacrifice any and everything for my faith and my family? Those factors, I can't remember all of them verbatim, but make sure you go to the one minute and five mark to hear them again. Because if, uh, 
let's start with if the sexual sin's not in your life, you're gonna ruin the self-esteem of your wife. Um, if you're not financially able, don't pop the question. Um, the good thing about God is God will God will prepare you for that moment. Don't let your woman rush you either. Women, like, don't rush your man if your man is vigilantly trying to handle these factors. You see what I'm saying? Because if you force a man into marriage or whatever soon, um, then that person gonna be he's gonna become frustrated. Now, this is simply about popping the question. Before you pop the question, you got to make sure these factors are in place, right? And two years is a great time period. You know what I'm saying? Me and my wife went four or five years, but mainly because of me. You see what I'm saying? I had to get some things in order. You see what I'm saying? I wasn't financially in position. You see what I'm saying? I had to really, and our counseling session with my with our pastors, you know what I'm saying, was was priceless. So you see, but God in his providential will, man, from the ring, from the place, from the venue, from the everything clicked as if it was perfect timing. See, God, I get you to the brink where all these moments, where all these things can be released unto you that brings confirmation that God has given you the clearance to go forward. But make sure you stay in pace with God, fam. All right. So how long would you consider a courting period to go on before you pop the question? As long as it takes until those factors are in place. Couple of years ain't too long. I listen, I rather for you to take that there's a difference between taking too much time. We're talking about the proper time, right? Being in sync with God to his proper timing, right? That you should be aggressively pursuing those factors being established in your life, proven that you that those factors are solid, not wiggly, that it may pop out. We're talking about that thing is cemented in as true factors so that no matter what. God hangs on you as the man, a wife and family and children and responsibility. Those things are able to hold everything up because it's supernaturally fixed and glued in by, by the super glue, the Holy Ghost. See what I'm saying? So if it takes you three years, it's cool. Ultimately, you in the pace of God, because when you are in the flow of God, you fall into the favor of God. By me flowing with God, I have favor with the ring. We have favor with the venue. We have favor with so many things. Favor, 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 favor. Because I was in. If I would have did all this a year before, I would have had to pay. I, we would have been financially in debt for this thing because we'd have been outside of God's time. But when you flow with God, you'll you the favors will release because you in His flow. And your and when when your when your uh, lady sees that you are faithfully pursuing God, she'll be like, "Okay, I see what God is doing. I see what God is doing." And if she gets frustrated, pray for her because you know she has desires too. And then the Holy Spirit will help her understand the flow of God and how y'all supposed to flow together. Hope to help. Christoph says, "How do I stop thinking about an ex?" If she is on my mind every day, there is a reason for that. It's been a year. I ask God to remove her from my mind. We can ask God to do a lot of things, but there's a lot of things that we got to do in order for God to do what he do. You see what I'm saying? That doesn't mean God is limited by us, but we're just talking about just common sense. You know, how can God liberate you in an area that you're not willing to let go? Now, how do I stop thinking about an ex? You got to ask yourself, well, you firstly got to write down all the thoughts you have about your ex. I want you to get a sheet of paper. I want you to write down, every, if it takes you a day or two a week, you write down every thought you have about that ex every thought you write it down and then you look at those thoughts and i want you to write beside each thought vain or valid 
This is a vain thought. This is a valid thought, right? When you put your thoughts on paper, thoughts in your mind have more have a lot of power because they're swimming up there and those thoughts are swimming in the pool of emotion. <laughs> that was poetic. Your thoughts are swimming in the pool of emotion, gripping themselves to emotional uh, things. But when you see them on paper, paper has no emotions. Like, okay, black and white. I see it on black and white. Now I can really see what I should invest my emotions in, right? And you got to realize, okay, why is she or he an ex? An ex. See what I'm saying? Oh, if she is on, okay. Why is she an ex? Now, if she's an ex because she did some dirty stuff and she was just a dirty girl, if she did some dirty work and she was whatever, you got to write down, this is the reason why she's an ex. Now, if you was a dirty dude and now you feel, and she let you go because you did some dirt, you got to forgive yourself and let her go. Let her, because you, the person who calls the hurt cannot be the one who heals. The one who has caused the hurt is not the one who's able to heal. So if you did the dirt and she became your ex because you did the dirt, you got to let her go. You got to forgive yourself because you can't heal her. Right. Because even if you try to heal her, you're only going to hurt yourself. You, now, if you try to heal a person that you hurt, they will come back and be the tool that hurts you. So you don't want to bring that unnecessary hurt back into your life. See what I'm saying? So. If you did the dirt, forgive yourself and let her go. Let her heal. And don't worry about if she's coming back. You just heal. If she did the dirt, you got to write down, dang, this is the dirt she did. Why am I Why am I want to bring this dirt back into my life to hurt me again? You see what I'm saying? Processing that stuff on paper and seeing it for what it really is, with the help of the Holy Ghost, will begin the healing stages. Now, it's a little bit, the healing takes a little bit deeper than that. Now, you got to reverse your thoughts. You got to, you got to occupy your time. If you can... You got too much about you to think about to even have time to think about somebody else. Listen, what helped me get over a lot of stuff in my life? I had books to think about. I had videos to think about. I had people to think about, like family. I had think. I got, you got too much about your life to think about to be thinking about her. And I want you to be honest. I want you to be able to tally up, just estimate how many hours you you've spent thinking about her in a given week. And then that should let you know a lot. That should do that. That should hit you so hard that she'd be like, you know what? That's pathetic. Not calling you pathetic. You will look at that and be like, this is pathetic. This is wrong. This is bad. Now I got to really look at these thoughts for what they really are. And really, whoever did the dirt, if like I said, if it was you, you forgive yourself and you let her go because hurt people cannot be the source. The hurt, the 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 person who calls the hurt cannot be the hands that heal. If she did the dirt, you got to write down what she did so that you can see this is not God's best for me. And then you will begin to, as you begin to be productive in your purpose over time, you'll be rarely thinking about it. You'll go from thinking about her all the time to thinking about her sometimes, to thinking about her every now and then, to thinking about her rarely and to not thinking about her all. It works. Hope that helps. Daughter of the King says, my heart is in the right place. I'm not going nor want to date anyone else. I'm waiting for the Lord's will and promise. That's right. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. I've been going an hour and 15 minutes. I'm going to do two more questions. Lord willing. <laughs> and I'm out of here. 
Shaniqua says, Coach, how can I deal with the tough time of all we get into some other stuff? Good entrepreneurship. Coach, how can I deal with the tough time of entrepreneurship? You have talked about this briefly before. I just need some enlightenment. No problem. Give yourself a decade that it take the pressure off. Simple as that. All the expectations that you had that could be unrealistic is what causes disappointment. I've been doing this that I've been doing entrepreneurially and in ministry form for 11. I'm going into my, uh, I'm going into my 12th year, 12 years, a lot of growth, a lot of opportunities came away, but even in my 12th year, I'm so appreciative that I was able to have 11 years to really understand Number one, how young I am. Number two, how serious money is. And then I begin to say, you know what? I'm going to take my time. So whatever you entrepreneurially pursuing, know that you're going to, entrepreneurship is, is, is the help, is the, the process of producing and becoming an owner of anything is, 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 is separate into phases, meaning most of this process is you being pruned. Simple as that. Entrepreneurship, ministry, your career is basically a mirror aimed at you, letting you know like, yo, you think you're ready, but you're not really ready. And you learn so much. Like I'm 33 years old. I'm like, that's what I tell people. Your 20s, I don't know how old you are, but your 20s should be used to learn and to be mentored. Period. Don't don't focus. If you produce something cool, but make sure you produce up under accountability, up under mentorship. I'm so glad I spent my 20s, 20s about my purpose. I'm 33. I'm getting this close to whatever God has me on that next level. And you know what? I'm still young. See, back then I was young and dumb. Now I'm young and 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 young, ready to go. Right. So the tough times of entrepreneurship are designed to make you tougher. It's really to show you, do you really want this? Do you really love this? Are you willing to go through it? Because at 24, at 27, at 30, I wanted to quit. But I'm so glad I didn't. Because in me not quitting, I was able to see, you know what? I really want to do this. I really want to do this at a high level, and I'm made for this. Tough times reveals whether or not you're really made for it. And this will let you know, is this the entrepreneur route that I'm supposed to take? Is this where God wants me to be? Is this because if if you're if, if you quit, quit, it wasn't for you. If you feel like quitting, but you can't quit, then it's for you. These tough times are here to make you tougher. These tough times are designed to help you see who you really are and see if you're willing to make the adjustments to succeed. I'm going to do some more videos about that. Um, I better hurry up and get off this video, though. Uh, you know, you know, coach is married. So I got time for one more question, but I'm going to do this again tomorrow. Lord willing, because it's Monday and I'm off tomorrow. So I'm going to do some more. Um, but. The tough times of entrepreneurship are designed to to reveal if you're really made for this. And if you're willing to uh, 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 grow and produce more, then it's going to let you know this is for you. So to encourage you, I want you to take some time to really examine where you are. And if you feel like quitting, 
but you know you can't quit or you just you just know you can't quit. This is for you. What I need you to do is take some time to examine, okay, what am I doing wrong? Why is this getting tough? Do I have a young's mindset towards this? Am I disappointed it hasn't happened yet? Do not overestimate what you can do in a year, underestimate what you can do in a decade. You got to give yourself 10 years. You got to give yourself 10 years. You got to give yourself 10 years. Because if you give yourself 10, it takes the pressure off for you and it gives you opportunity to learn. Let everybody get their money quick. Let everybody, because people who get it quick, lose it quick. You see what I'm saying? People who get it quick got it slick. You see what I'm saying? They probably got it in a slick way. They had to give up some cheeks. They had to give up their soul. They had to give up something. You see what I'm saying? So let everybody get it fast because eventually you'll pass them because you learned some values. You 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 learned the love of God at the love of money. You begin to find balance in how to stewardship money, how to stewardship your time and the real order of things. I learned so much in my 12 years. One thing I learned is ministry and God ain't the same thing. Number two, one thing I learned is, is the power of money. The number three, the stewards, the power and stewardship of money. The third thing I learned is that most of these people that got it quicker, got it quick because they had a compromise. And the reason why I ain't got it yet, because I'm doing it the right way, right? Number four, one other thing that I learned in this entrepreneurial process is, is that, that I'm growing in this process and that I'm not really ready to manage what I think I'm ready for. Number five, one thing that I learned in this in, in, in this thing in ministry and in, in entrepreneurship is, is that God's timing is perfect. Number six, trust his time. There's a lot of things that I learned in this process that I'm so glad that I didn't compromise or sell myself short or do some abominable things to just have a brief moment in the sun. Why try to have a brief moment in that sun when I can have an about a, an abundance of time with the real son of God? You see what I'm saying? And that's what's going to help me grow and bear the fruit that I need to be so I can stand in the sun for a long period of time. And you got to understand what your why is. What's my legacy? Do I want to be trendy or do I want to be legendary? Coach wants to be legendary. Trends come and go. Legends last forever. That has to be the, some of the things you got to have permeating in mind. Last question, I got to go. Sabrina says, why God let a guy miss, why God let a guy mess up my teenage and right now I'm 22 years old now and now I think he just played with me all the way. He broke my heart. He broke my trust. Great question, Sabrina. Um, God the Bible talks about evil doesn't come from God. God did not make that man hurt you. Um, so we got to take God out of the equation. You have to be honest with yourself and say, I allowed this person into my life. I welcomed this person into my life. I dated this person. I, through my free will, chose this. We live in a society, I'm not talking about this as you, but hear me out. We make excuses. We like Adam and Eve did this. has been since the beginning of time. Adam and Eve did this. Adam was like, when God, when God caught them in their little whoop, 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 whatever, <clears throat> Adam, when God was like, Adam, <clears throat> who told you that you was naked, fam? What happened? Who did this? Then Adam said, the woman that you gave me. Then God talked to the woman. The woman didn't take ownership. The woman said, the serpent that you made. Basically, in blaming the other person, they was blaming God. See, what happens is you got to look at yourself and say, I am the reason for this. The moment you take ownership of something is the moment that you're able to go in, in advance. Most people are not willing to take ownership of, of they rather make excuses than to take ownership. 
You got to take ownership for, I was the one that brought this man into my life. I was the one that dated this man. I was the one that probably bypassed the unction of the Holy Spirit. I was the one. Imagine if I guarantee this ain't scriptural. Don't don't just hear. This is just my theory. I guarantee that God was so loving that he was like, I'm going to give Adam a chance to take ownership for this. I bet you since God is a loving, gracious, forgiving God, he was always this. It wasn't like he was this post the fall of man. God was always gracious and kind and gentle and forgiving. But if Adam would have been like, God, here am I. I messed up. It was my fault. I should have been here. I bet you God would have saved him. But because their hearts was what it was, and Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent, and all of them got punished, right? But I'm glad for the man Jesus who said, God, here in my sin, man, I'll do it. You see what I'm saying? So when you take ownership, and say, you know what? I was the reason why this happened. I played a part. And it's okay. When you take ownership, then ownership will lead to you forgiving yourself. But if you always make excuses, then, you, then you're not going to forgive. You may not even recognize that you upset with yourself. But you have to be like, you know what? I played a part in this. Because if you begin to blame God, why God let this guy mess up my teenage and right? I, I contributed, right? 22 now and now I think that he just played with me all the way. He broke my heart and broke my trust. Um, God can uh, uh, renew your trust and get your trust in a place where he'll give you responsibility of your trust and him through the leadership of the Holy Spirit will show you where to delegate your trust. What happens is we don't have a delegator inside of us. We gotta let, We don't allow the Holy Spirit to delegate where we put our faith and where we put our trust. Our ultimate trust in God, but there I delegate my ultimate trust is in God for my, for my wife and I's marriage. But then there's delegated trust. I trust that my there's delegated trust, right? Because of who she is to me, right? But she like she can't hold my ultimate trust. What happens is we put our ultimate trust in people that that one was supposed to only be delegated a certain amount of trust, or wasn't even supposed to receive our type of trust. But when you've been broken by somebody that's broken your trust, when you take ownership for your responsibility, when you forgive them for their responsibility and forgive yourself for their for your responsibility, and you allow the word of God to renew your mind and forgiving them and can walk in 70 times seven. And, and, and after you do that 70 times seven, 470 times of forgiving, before you get to 470, you have you have really felt the fruits of forgiveness, which would have then liberated you from, let me look at the bottom, uh, 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 having a broken, the Bible says he's near the brokenhearted, he's near to you. Uh, uh, but now you got to say, okay, I take ownership. I forgive myself. I forgive him. Now I'm going to implement as a 22 year old, new systems, new strategies, um, to grow in maturity so that when I find myself in these situations, I know when and how to withhold my trust and how to entrust. The Bible talks about with Jesus. The Bible says that, uh, Jesus did not entrust himself to everyone because he knew the heart is everyone. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells inside of us. The same spirit that, that gave the fully, truly human side of him, the intel that he needed not to entrust himself to other humans is the same spirit inside of us. That's going to let us know who to delegate our trust into. But you have to heal up and you have to make sure that you're not blaming God. Because when you keep playing the blame game, you'll find yourself in a lame game. You'll find yourself still playing the same lame game over and over again, blaming, blaming, blaming. But if you take ownership like that, I was the one, but you got to forgive yourself. You got to say, you know what? I was young. I was naive. But thank you, God, for saving me 
and 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 teaching me how to be better going forward. That's the advice I have for you. Don't blame God. Don't blame another person. Take ownership. Forgive yourself. Forgive them. Follow follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. The flow of the, of the Holy Spirit. And watch Him build your trust, not in man. Don't allow the, don't allow these experiences to warp your worldview about men. And now you thinking about every man being like the man that broke your heart. Let God heal your heart, because when God heals your heart, He'll heal your mind, He'll heal your eyes, your perspective. I mean, and then you'll go into the world healed, not affected by what happened to you. Hope to help, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta go. Love you all. I know I have a lot of quick. Let me stop scrolling. Oh man, I done scrolled. Oh, Sabrina put something on how to make sure that the guy never hurt you again and let it and let he in your heart and never let him in your personal life. And also he is a pastor and everyone said, go to go to him when I have a question at church. Oh, a pastor hurt you? Then you got to leave that church. Now, listen, do not allow the sins of a man of God warp your view of God. <clears throat> There's a bunch of people who are put into, that are placed in these positions by the devil or by their own self-seekingness, and they was not a follower of Jesus from the beginning. So if it's a pastor that hurts you, do not put the pastor and, and the providential God in the same place. No, 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 no. That man sinned. God didn't sin. That man sinned. And there's a lot of false prophets in the world that the devil placed in here to hurt people. They created churches to solely hurt people. So when you separate the two, you'll begin to see the difference between a, 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 a wolf and the lamb of God. And you'll be able to say, you know what? The lamb of God ain't had to do with this wolf. God has kept me in this situation. Now I'm better. I'm going to get better from this because the lamb of God is in my life. Love you guys. I got to go because if I keep scrolling, I'm going to see a bunch of other questions. Yep. Gotta go. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Everything you know about me is on my website, IamUnplugged.com. I will see, I will look through these questions again. Y'all's questions helps me think of uh, video ideas based on the leadership of the Holy Ghost. I may do some smaller content where I answer the questions that I didn't get to. Um, but I love y'all. Uh, six books, two courses, two card games. Um, all kinds of resources on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Once this video posts, you'll be able to see the links up under the, in, in the description box. Or you can just go to uh, any other of my videos or you go to my homepage, find the links. Um, love you guys. Um, my goal is to do this again tomorrow. But no man, no woman knows the hour when Coach Josh will answer questions. So make sure you hit the notification bell. Make sure you hit the subscription button. Make sure you hit all notifications because no man knows the hour. No man, no woman knows the hour when Coach Josh is going to drop a live. So hit the subscription button. Hit the notification. Uh, love you guys. Comment. Let me know what you got from this. Hope it was a blessing. Man, I got some good questions. I, I got to go. Y'all have a great one. Peace.